Okay, Boomer. Okay, kid. Now, Mark Twain once allegedly said that history doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. I, you know, I'm wondering whether some of the changing weather we have is moving the tornado alley further east. That was Phil Bredesen, the governor of Tennessee, 14 years and one day ago. Scientists today are saying the same thing Bredesen said in 2009, and we'll hear parts of the most miserable day I ever spent on the air. And imagine that you are not like other people in some ways, and you need help but are afraid to, to come out of the closet. Uh, there are a lot of people who maybe have been um, like gay or lesbian and they've not come out you know, their entire life, so they try to make it where they feel safe. That's Becky Salazar of the Egyptian Area Agency on Aging. She'll talk about how the agency is helping certain people who are afraid to come out. Then there is the question of retiring to a foreign country. Podcaster Mark Miller says, If you live like a local, transport like a local, eat the local foods, um, you know, you will find that you will live a longer, happier, healthier life. Mark and I Zoomed together a few weeks ago. I was in the U.S. and Mark was talking to me from Mexico. And in the segment you'll love to hate, we'll discuss illegal emails, phone calls, and how scammers have found out a way to hijack your smart TV, but leave it in your living room. Plus, the Social Security Board of Trustees has estimated in what year the combined trust funds will be depleted. Finally, most of us know that our muscles weaken with age. Or maybe it's not our muscles. Boomer News. On March 31st, 2023, the Social Security Board of Trustees released its annual report on the long-term financial status of the old age and survivor's insurance and disability insurance trust funds. The trustees project the combined trust funds will become depleted in 2034 with 80% of benefits payable at that time. The trustees project the DI trust fund will not become depleted during the 75-year projection period. In the 2023 report to Congress, the trustees also announced the asset reserves of the combined old age and survivor's insurance and disability insurance trust funds declined by $22 billion in 2022 to a total of $2.83 trillion. And the projected deficit over the 75-year long-range period is about 4% of the taxable payroll, higher than the 3% projected last year. Millions of people have begun to lose their health insurance as of a week ago Saturday, as five states are ending pandemic-era protection that kept people from being removed from the Medicare rosters. During the public health emergency, states were required to keep people on Medicaid without the often yearly reapplication process normally in place. But now that the public health emergency is over, so are the Medicaid rolls. Arkansas is one of five states that will start removing people as of April 1st, along with Arizona, Idaho, South Dakota, and New Hampshire. So, losing Medicaid is a common problem that used to happen annually before the pandemic. The average person on Medicaid got about 10 months of coverage a year because of something called churn, which often occurs when bureaucratic hurdles push people out of the system for reasons as simple as missing a letter in the mail or moving. So, if you live in Arkansas, Arizona, Idaho, South Dakota, and New Hampshire, and you are on Medicare, carefully monitor your account. And this from AARP. Rarely a day goes by in America in which each of us 
doesn't receive at least one illegal email, phone call, or text from a scammer. I just got one on my computer as I was reading something. And they are perpetually clever, the scammers. Like any smart business, scammers quickly adapt to the news and moods of the moment. And it's upsetting me just thinking about it. They're always thinking of new ways to steal my money and yours. And they're succeeding. Americans' annual losses to scams now tally in the billions. Here now are some tips from AARP on how not to be a fraudster's next victim. We're all susceptible to fraud at some point. Our 2021 Fraud Frontier study, which is one of the largest consumer fraud studies AARP has ever done, identified three critical factors that increase our susceptibility to fraud. We call them the three E's, emotion, environment, and exposure. Scam artists use our positive and negative emotions to perpetrate a scam. They want us to be in a heightened emotional state so that we aren't thinking clearly. Stress can also increase our risk for scams. Our study found that victims experience twice as many stressful life events as non-victims. Events such as job loss, the birth of a baby, or death of a family member can lower our defenses. Fraud victims simply encounter more scammers. Victims reported encountering an average of 58% more fraud attacks compared to non-victims and are more likely to engage in common consumer activities like purchasing a product or service in response to a TV ad that puts them on scammers' radar. But there are things we can do to lower our exposure to scams and reduce our susceptibility, like using a robocall blocking service and distinctly different passwords on all our online accounts. You can learn more about our research and how you can protect yourself from scammers at www.aerp.org slash moments notice. And here's the latest scam. You open a familiar streaming service on your smart TV. However, you can't log in. Instead, a pop-up appears telling you there's a problem with your device or your streaming subscription. You need to call a phone number or visit a web to fix it. You've heard that. And now you know what comes next. The Better Business Bureau reports that scammers install malware on TV and use it to gain access to sensitive personal information. And the scammers may ask you to quote-unquote fix the issue by paying them in gift cards. Uh, One consumer reported that a scammer instructed them to purchase three $100 Xbox gift cards to add quote anti-hacking protection, unquote, to their account. After buying the gift cards and contacting the number again, it became clear they were dealing with scammers. And if you call the number, scammers pretend to be customer service representatives. They will insist you pay an activation fee or allow them to remote access to your smart TV. Now, these car artists will get your credit or debit card number, and then, then they'll have you pay a fee. If you give them access to your device or click on a link they provide, the scammers may install malware. So how to avoid smart TV scams? 
Well, first double check any fees you have to pay. If scammers ask you to pay an activation fee, antivirus protection fee, or any other kind of fee, do some research beforehand. Also, scammers create imitation websites using URLs that are just a letter or two off. Fake websites are a threat, even on smart TVs, so double-check that URL or don't click on unverified links that suddenly pop up. Instead, type web URLs directly into your browser. And if a quote-unquote customer service phone number appears in a pop-up, double-check it before you call. Contact the streaming service or TV manufacturer's website to find their customer support number. And never let anyone control your device remotely. Scammers usually ask for remote computer access, but they could also ask for access to your smart TV. Don't ever give control of your device to a stranger. And as I was reading this news, something popped up on my computer from my uh, virus program, which I incidentally don't have, telling me that I need to pay for it. Well, I don't have it, and I'm not going to pay for it, and I'm not going to click on that little thing that popped up. That's a good way to get scammed. And it would be ironic, wouldn't it, folks? The person talking about scammers on the radio is being scammed himself as he's talking. Now let's try a little experiment. Let's say you know someone who keeps to themselves because they don't socialize very much. You've known them for years, but maybe there is something you don't know about them. And that is, this person has never come out of the closet. And that's a problem because he or she might not get the health care they really need. Becky Salazar of the Egyptian Agency on Aging says there is a special group that was formed to help that person. Well, there's a group called Golden Rainbows of Illinois South Grizz. And they work with older adults uh, who are LGBTQ and uh, they try to make sure they have access to resources, assistance, socialization. They don't feel alone. Uh, there are a lot of people who maybe have been um, a gay or lesbian and they've not come out you know, their entire life. So they try to make it where they feel safe to do so or be around other people um, in a kind of a non-judgmental environment. And they arrange activities. Um, I've started working with them to try to find ways to incorporate them into some of the senior services we have in our area, but also to um, tell them about some health promotion programs that we have and get them access to vaccinations and clinics. And uh, so I think we'll be working together for the next year and doing some kickoff events and things. So I think it'll be really good for that community. I would think at, say, the age of 60 or 70, coming out would be very stressful. Oh, I can't imagine. I mean, if you've lived your whole life trying to keep something a secret that that's so much a part of you, uh, I, I, I'm sure that it's very anxiety-provoking. And, and probably there are people that they have several attempts and, and it takes a few times to get out and feel truly comfortable about it. Now, you're saying that some of them are not getting vaccinations and health care that they should. Is that part of the general uh, older population or are they a little different? Well, more, uh, I think it's more that they've not 
receive the messages on vaccinations and locations and programs and the benefits uh, just because they're not part of mainstream society where a lot of this information is given out. So um, I'm sure there, there are a lot that are vaccinated, but there's many that have not gotten uh, all of the messages and opportunities to get the vaccinations. So that's what we're trying to do is just give them the equal opportunity to get the vaccination if, if that's what they're wanting. LQBTQ stands for Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender, and Queer, or Questioning. Uh, for more information about Golden Rainbows of Illinois South, check out their website at goldenrainbows.org. That's all one word, goldenrainbows.org. Or call the Egyptian Area Agency on Aging at 618-985-8311. That's 618-985-8311. And now I'm going to talk about the most miserable time I've ever spent on the air and radio. I was working at a news station in Nashville, Tennessee, in that market. It was a Saturday, 14 years and one day ago. I got to the station at 4.45 that morning because of what had happened the day before. When I was about five miles from the station, I noticed there was not a light on anywhere, no street lights, no house lights, and the horizon was ominously black. I spotted two warehouses opposite each other. One looked pristine. The other had all the windows blown out and the walls were sagging. I drove past a familiar gas station, which looked like, like a big sardine can with a lid pried open. It was a frightening sight, thinking about what force did that. The gas station, well, is later demolished. You see, an EF4 tornado had struck a suburb of Nashville called Murfreesboro. Not Murfreesboro, but Murfreesboro. I was on the air for nearly eight straight hours. Local news from WGNS with Robert Rickman. We've had 150 homes in Murfreesboro damaged. 100 homes were destroyed. That's 100 homes destroyed. 40 or more people taken to hospitals. Seven of them were listed in critical condition, and there were two deaths. The fatalities' names um, I can release now. We've gotten uh, we've gotten permission to release those. Is uh, Corey Bryant and Olivia Bryant. Corey Bryant, I don't have an age on. She was in her mid-20s, and Olivia is uh, nine weeks old. Sadly, a longtime listener told us he lost his home and all of his belongings. He said he was thankful. He was thankful just to be alive. This is Jason. I'm a regular caller, and it, it destroyed my house. I like everything I got destroyed, but I don't, I don't care. Hey, We're you got safe. a pulse, my friend. <laughs> On the air with us now, live and direct, is Brian Barrett. Brian? Thank you, Robert. Uh, in the background here at the uh, Murfreesboro Airport, you're obviously going to hear the uh, helicopters taking off with the uh, governor and deputy governor and TEMA officials, along with uh, Senator uh, Bill Ketron and Senator... A half hour after surveying the damage, Governor Phil Bredesen held a news conference. But before we hear the governor of Tennessee in 2009... Let's go back to a quote that was attributed to Mark Twain, that history doesn't repeat itself, but does rhyme. Listen to Governor Bredesen the Saturday of what is now known as the Good Friday Tornadoes. Governor, is this becoming a fact of life in Tennessee? It seems like you're out here every year. Dude. I, uh, I know. I 
I was, I, you know, I'm wondering whether some of the changing weather we have is moving the tornado alley further east, you know, out of some of the areas of the Midwest. But it just seems to me ever since I've been governor, we've had, you know, every every spring, um, you know, one or two of these that we've gone and taken a look at, and uh, they're, you know, they're all different in terms of where they are, but they have the same characteristic. You got people whose lives were just, you know, one way, one minute, and just totally turned upside down the next. 845 buildings were damaged by the Good Friday tornadoes, with 298 of them suffering major damage and 117 completely destroyed. All told, the EF4 tornado, with measured 144-mile-per-hour winds, caused nearly $42 million in damage to homes and businesses in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And it was one of 85 tornadoes that hit the South that day from April 9th to April 11, 2009. Nearly 14 years later, in the spring of 2023, more than 50 people died from the tornadoes and thunderstorms in the past two weeks. The latest storm system tore through parts of Alabama, Illinois, Mississippi, Arkansas, and again Tennessee last Friday. And there were several deaths in Illinois and Missouri on Wednesday. Now we summon Mark Twain again. History doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. I'm, you know, I'm wondering whether some of the changing weather we have is moving the tornado alley further east. Governor Phil Bredesen of Tennessee recorded 14 years ago tomorrow. And now the rhyme. Tornado Alley has historically spanned parts of Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Nebraska. While the influence of climate change upon tornadoes is still being investigated by scientists, some researchers say there is evidence that this alley is shifting eastwards and that storms could become more powerful as the world continues to heat up due to the burning fossil fuels. So, scientists warned that this spate of devastating tornadoes that ripped through parts of the eastern and southern U.S. states within the past week could portend the sort of damage that will become more commonplace due to changes wrought by global warming. Oh, yes. For those of you listening outside of Illinois, the southern part of this state experienced a one-in-a-thousand-year event 98 years ago. It was March 28, 1925, when the great tri-state tornado hit the region. It was the deadliest tornado in U.S. history and the second deadliest registered in world history. The 219-mile-long track left by the tornado as it crossed from southeastern Missouri through southern Illinois and then into southwestern Indiana is also the longest ever recorded. At one point, it was a mile wide. It was an F5 tornado, or tornadoes, that's being debated. The monster was on the ground for three and a half hours. More than 2,000 people were injured, and 695 people died. The question is, when will this rhyme? Okay, enough of very serious things. Let's go to something that's enjoyable. 
uh, in the old days, and I'm talking about maybe 20 years ago, you had what was known as crossover tunes. Uh, you might have a top 40 uh, rock uh, list, and um, you might have occasionally, say, a country music song added to that list, which is unusual. Unusual. So uh, at a top 40 radio station, you might hear country music for a short time. Well, Roger Ramjet and Roger and I went to school together. Uh, he looked like the cartoon character Roger Ramjet. So in high school, everyone called him Ramjet. He kept that on WIDB Radio in Carbondale, and uh, he spent decades in broadcasting, mostly in top forty music. And he's going to talk about now a song that actually was country, but registered on the rock charts. Jerry Reed has three songs on my favorites list. Eastbound and Down is the last of those three. It was not a big hit on the Hot 100. It just bubbled under it, number 103. No matter, it was a number two country hit, and the movie it came from, Smokey and the Bandit, was very popular. He co-wrote the song with Dick Feller. Jerry Reed co-starred in the movie with Burt Reynolds, Sally Fields, and Jackie Gleason. He played the role of the snowman. Uh, that was his CB handle. Reed had acted in several other movies, as well as having 57 charted songs on the country chart. He also had a TV show for a short time. He won two CMA awards and three Grammy awards. He was a heavy smoker for many years. Complications from emphysema took his life in 2008. And that came from Smokey and the Bandit. Jackie Gleason was in that. I used to see the Honeymooners when I was a little kid, the reruns from the 1950s. Gleason and Jerry Reed and the, the whole crew were fantastic. Okay, Boomer. Okay. Oh, my gosh. It's time to get up. And have some coffee. Get up there. Oh, it hurts. I need another aspirin. Let's walk over to the coffee machine. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, we've got a note here. And it's not a nasty gram like it's been the last few days. Let's get the coffee going here. And let's take a look at that note. Now, WDBX came to life in 1996. For 26 years, listeners like you have kept this dream of community radio strong. So join us now during our spring pledge drive to continue growing our community. Go to WDBX.org. That's WDBX.org to make a secure online one-time or monthly donation. Or call 618-457-3691. Now, I'm the only one at the radio station now. So uh, if you call after 9, that would be best. 618 618- 457-3691 or mail your donation to 224 North Washington Street, Carbondola 
uh, Carbondale, Illinois, 62901. Yeah, I, I do need another cup of coffee. Let's try the coffee. Mmm. Oh, that's delicious. Well, I think it's time now for a cup of Joe with yours truly, which we're having right now. And Carrie's going to join us from about 10 years ago. Cup of Joe with Robert. <coughs> A cup of tea with Carrie. Sorry. Uh, let me guess. It's your allergies? Uh, I suppose so, yes. I will admit it. I have allergies. It just makes you tired, and then my eyes were all weepy and I had problems with my contact lenses. I spontaneously cough. It sounds a little bit like a, a cat trying to bring up a furball or something. It's, it's very embarrassing because it spontaneously comes out of nowhere and, and I turn my face and I'm trying to cough into my elbow which apparently is the new maneuver now. One doesn't cough into one's hand anymore. One has to lean over and cough into one's elbow, correct? Not that I know of. I don't cough in anything. No, you just cough. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, you know, these allergies, they say one of the reasons why this is happening is because first we're in a kind of a bowl uh, as far as geographically. And the second reason is that Tennessee has got all sorts of allergy causing plants. And then the third reason is because a lot of male plants have been planted. A lot of male plants. Yeah. And they just want to procreate. <laughs> procreate. And they, they send pollen all over the place. That's right. Yeah. I heard something that perhaps the state of Tennessee is one of is the number two in the world for allergens, largely due to the Smoky Mountains. Or, so is it like with smoking giant cigarettes? I mean, I don't understand. Can you help me understand, Robert? All right. The Smoky Mountains uh, are called the Smoky Mountains because of the haze and fog. Sometimes it looks like smoke. Yeah, I agree. It wisps of smoke. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. Especially at this time of year. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, Excuse me. Robert Rickman with a cup of Joe and... Carry with a cup of Alice. <laughs> And that was recorded about 10 years ago in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, Boomer. Okay, Patrick. Hey, hey, everybody. It's the White Raven from the Hot, Hot, Hot Louisiana Gumbo Pot right here on WDBX. Sundays, 12 to 2. Join me and all the Gumbo Pot heads where I'll be bringing you all the best music from Louisiana, New Orleans, the Bayou with a little bit of Delta Blues thrown in for good measure. So all you swamp rats, grab your Zydeco shoes, meet me in the Gumbo Pot at high noon. We always pass a good time, Chef. Peace, love, and Zydeco. Aye! It's Hi, I'm Bob Smith. I'm Marcia Smith. The world is dark enough. So we like to keep it fun and light. Join us for 30 minutes of fact-filled fun every week. On the Off-Ramp Trivia Podcast. You'll hear fascinating facts about history, music, discovery, weird animals, and everything in between. Including little-known facts about well-known people. Each week. Right here on The, the Off-Ramp. Off-Ramp. Find us wherever you get your podcasts or visit us online at theofframp.show. Are you an aspiring author looking to get your book published? Look no further than Tech Time Publishing Company. At Tech Time, we specialize in bringing the best books to readers everywhere. Our team of experienced editors and designers work closely with authors to bring their stories to life, ensuring every book is of the highest quality. 
But that's not all. TechTime also offers a unique service to translate and narrate books and revenue sharing. This means that our talented team of translators and narrators will be compensated with a share of the book sales. So whether you're an author, translator, or narrator, TechTime is the place to be. Join our community of book lovers and let us help you bring your stories to the world. Visit our website today to learn more. That's techtime.it. Techtime.it. And if you're looking for a first-class Italian translator, check out Laura Squigna. It's spelled S-G-U-I-G-N-A. Laura Squigna, and you can find her on the TechTime website under Translators. Now here's the big question for baby boomers. Are you planning your retirement? Maybe you're thinking, like I once did, retiring to another country, like Carbondale, I mean, like maybe uh, Mexico. Mark Miller, who hosts the podcast Repurpose Your Career, did just that. Mark moved to Mexico. I live in a village called Ajiji, which is A-J-I-J-I-C. We are on the shores of Lake Japala, which is the largest lake in Mexico, which is 40 miles by 20 miles approximately. Um, I am um, one hour drive south of Guadalajara. It's not Guadalajara. It's Guadalajara. Guadalajara. Um, but I'm only 30 minutes from the airport. Hmm. And Guadalajara being a city of about 8 million people, it's the second uh, second busiest airport in Mexico. I can get anywhere in no time. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, so it's when my convenient. So when my father-in-law went into hospice this last year, I was able to get my wife on a direct flight to Houston next day for $600 one way. Not bad. Right? Next day. Um, so... It, it, the, the the key piece is whenever you you move outside of the country, where do you what happens when something happens and you got to go back fast? Um, and one as I mentioned before, this is this is not a logical decision. It's an experiential decision. You have to explore. I mean, I use the example. I live here in Mexico. Mexico is a very loud culture. Everything they do is loud. We have the cohetes, bottle rockets, that they set off at the drop of a hat during certain times of the year. And they're loud. Mm -hmm. if, that, if that really upsets you, or by the way, you bring your dogs along and it upsets, like, upsets the dogs, you got a problem. And there, I remember one time on Facebook, someone said, yeah, I know about noisy. And I said, no, you don't. Uh, you know, um, when the Mexicans decide to party, they party till five in the morning. Wow. Um, yeah. It, by the way, we can learn a lot from the Mexicans. They are a very happy culture. And our so, culture isn't particularly happy. happy. I don't think so. And so... Um, it, and by the way, manana does not mean tomorrow. It means not today. That's a critical difference, right? If you expect everything to be on time and someone says like, I got a handyman, 
Um, by the way, I, I'm incredibly handy. I don't do anything here because I got a guy who can come in who's very inexpensive. He's really good. But if he says he'll be here at noon, I know at noon I will text him on WhatsApp and say, when are you going to be here? What's your ETA? I don't expect him to show up at noon. And sometimes he does. Hmm. That's okay. You know, it's um, the the on-time culture. You kind of had to break that. Yeah, and uh, being in broadcasting, you know, you're at the top of the hour. CBS News covers the world at chime, 8 o'clock. You have to be right there on that chime. So for somebody yeah. broadcasting, that could be very frustrating. Or somebody who has to yes. be in a tight time frame. And so it's, it's, it's kind of like I've got... Um, um, I have a buddy who runs our yoga class and he says, two o'clock time to get started. And I go, George, we're going to start at two Oh one. The breaking of the habit. Right. And, um, and so it's similar foods. I don't eat the same food I used to eat. Mm-hmm. If, if it's absolutely important that you have, you know, there was an Ecuadorian expat book that I read early on, and it said, if you live like a local, transport like a local, eat the local foods, um, you know, you will find that you will live a longer, happier, healthier life. If you want to live like an American, eat the American packaged food, um, live, transport, like get in your car everywhere. Uh, do like you do in the U.S. You can. You'll pay for it in money, health, happiness, and longevity. Uh, the American lifestyle is not a healthy one. I agree. And, and I said, like we talked before, I'm, I'm down the same weight I was when I graduated from college. I eat very, very little packaged foods. I got a Walmart down the street, and we get a lot of gringos who come down here, and they do all their shopping at Walmart. I'm going, why? I got fresh vegetable stands within two blocks of my house. I would suppose because it's familiar. Yes. I, we don't, I rarely. Now, if I do go into a Walmart-like store, we have a Soriana's, which is the equivalent of Walmart, but it's the Mexican um, and we do, you know, we talked before I was going to go into Costco this morning. Um, and I do all order, I order a minimal number of things off Amazon. That's amazon.com.mx, not amazon.com. Um, and I try and buy from local vendors. And, Makes sense. Right. Um, and by the way, all my food is the vast majority of my food's grown within a hundred miles from where I live. It's healthier. Wow. I have the, the other side of the lake, uh, from the other side of Lake Chapala, there are all these berry farms, blueberries, strawberries, blackberries, um, raspberries. And by the way, it's all owned by Driscoll Dole, California giant. Um, by the way, this, the product that we get here is so flavorful because it's not picked before it's ripe. 
Yeah, our food I mean, I, in the U.S. seems to be pretty bland. Yeah, I mean, I get I, I get blackberries, and you pop in your mouth, and you go, "Whoa!" I go back to Austin, where we used to live for forty years. Um, I walk into Whole Foods and pick up a thing of blackberries. It's from Argentina, and it's like, eh, eh, it doesn't have a whole lot of flavor. Um, as I said, I. One of the key features of being successful as an expat, and I did a podcast episode on this, it's called being adaptable. If you are set in your ways, this ain't for you. I now focus on 50 plus, okay? Um, Because we now have Gen Xers who are now in their mid-50s who are exploring, having the same problems that, uh, the baby boomers are. Baby boomers are getting old and aging out. About half to two-thirds of us have retired now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never used to discuss retirement on my blog or my podcast. I now do a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I do, if you go to careerpivot.com slash expat, that will redirect you to a page that has both the blog posts and the um, and the podcasts I've done on being an expat. You will find that yes, you may have some your guests will be willing to promote the crap out of it, and others won't. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I think is really really good doesn't mean everybody else is going to think about. It. Yep. Like I just did a, I did a podcast. I got approached about this book on um, wise decision making, mm-hmm. um, written by two PhDs. Book was really good. He talked. They talked about um, your your Yoda, your own decision advisor, mm-hmm. and it was really good. It's done okay. In my opinion, it's one of the better podcast episodes I've ever done. By the way, they were good. They tag teamed off one another. I just, They're I just used to the interviews. Run. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just let it run. Uh, it, it's a long episode, but it was loaded with good stuff. Wow, and it's done okay. Um, somewhere, I'm going to be interesting. I I interviewed a guy last week on. How to use the hero's journey in a framework in your everyday life. And if I can get people to listen to it, it's good. It's, um, but it's, it was hard to try and figure out how, how do I create a title that will get people to want to listen to it. Mark Miller has made six career pivots over the last 30 years. And from his home in Mexico, Mark hosts the podcast, repurpose your career. And I talked to Mark a few weeks ago in Mexico, me in Carbondale. Now we've got a reason why boomers might not be physically strong as they once were, and it's not what you might think it is. Okay, boomer. Okay, mister. 
It's not so much about the muscles, but it's about the brain and the nerves. Researchers from the University of Florida, among others, compared how much muscle strength older people could produce voluntarily with how much force their muscles put out when stimulated electric 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 uh, with, with voltage. <laughs> Too much coffee. The results suggest that physical weakness as aging may be due, at least in part, to impairments in the brain and nerve function rather than changes in the muscles themselves. The study looked at a group of 66 older adults, average age in their 70s, I'm 70, who were first categorized as severely weak, modestly weak, or strong based on their measured performance on a standardized physical test. In the study, the subjects were asked to push against resistance with their legs with as much strength as they could. The muscle they were using was then stimulated electrically. If this caused the muscle to put out more force, it was a sign that the strength limitation came from somewhere other than the muscle itself. Now, researchers believe force comes down to when the stimulation is applied, it goes up. And if that happens, there's some sort of deficit or impairment to the nervous system's ability to activate the muscle. Researchers said when the conventional scientific wisdom linked weakness mainly to loss of muscle mass, many drug companies looked for medications that acted directly on the muscles, but few proved effective. The new study provides further evidence that the nervous system plays a significant role in that problem. It also plays a significant role in long COVID, which I have, and it's gradually dissipated. Uh, I've been recording part of my program, the news part, because I had problems reading news. Now, I'd been doing this a good part of my professional life. I had problems ad-libbing. I uh, would fumble for words. I, I, I try to think of simple words, and I couldn't come up with them. Uh, that's dissipating. I also had problems tying my shoe laces, which I never had problems before. So what uh, I think scientists are finding is that not just with COVID-19 and long COVID, but with other things, it might not necessarily be the muscles that are causing the problem, but the brain and nervous system. So let's keep the brain stimulated with Bob and Marsha Smith on the off-ramp. Okay, here we are, Robert P. Rickman, Bob and Marcia Smith, with some fun trivia for you today. So, okay, Bob, what famous place will you find if you traveled second to the right, then straight on till morning? Second to the right and straight on till morning. Where are you? That sounds like something out of an outer space movie or something. No. Second to the right and straight on till morning. Uh Uh-huh. Where do you wind up? You got me. If you're Peter Pan. That's where you get Never Never Land. That's where it's located. (laughs) Peter Pan. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I forgot it, too. It's funny how you forget that. Yeah, that's the directions to get to Never Never Land. And that was the work of... uh, James Matthew Berry. Yes. About the little boy who refused to grow up. Scottish (laughs) author. Yeah, famous. Okay, well, that's great. All right, so now let's go to my question. Which is even greater, I'm sure. It is not even greater. (laughs) In 1910, a test tube tipped over in a lab. How did that ensure you of a safer crash in an auto accident? Well, somehow that led to uh, airbags. Did it release a force of some kind that the person who did it thought we could put that uh, 
inside of a balloon and it would eject upon impact. The test tube was tipped over in a laboratory accident and it didn't break into pieces. It just cracked. And the reason was the tube had a film left inside of it from evaporation of a nitrocellulose mixture that held the tube together and that led to safety glass. Oh, safety glass. Yes. So it was French chemist Edouard Benedictus. He patented the idea in 1910 and in 1926... American Armory Haskell obtained the rights to the patent and started the Triplex Safety Glass Company of North America and the first safety glass windshields that were first installed as standard equipment on high-priced Stutz Bearcat motor cars. Oh. It was considered a luxury oh, item. Oh, you bet. Everything is in the beginning. Remember, only luxury cars had uh, airbags. And electric windows. Yeah. Remember now everybody, Now everybody's got the beeping and the maps and... When are they going to run out of ideas what the luxury cars will have that you don't? I who don't knows? Know. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, you ready? Yeah. This is one you'll like. Okay. According to Guinness Book of World Records, Bob, who is the world's loudest musical band? I thought it was The Who. Am I right? Yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, good. How'd you know that? Well, it was either The Who or Led Zeppelin. Yeah, well, at least in uh, the 1970s, the, the Who, the rock band, blew out eardrums with a concert that reached 126 decibels and 76,000 watts. And I guess uh, Karma. So who has uh, tendonitis? Uh, what's his name? Is Dave? Pete Townsend. Pete Townsend, yeah, yeah. He's got that ringing in the ears, yeah, and it, it comes from all that. 126 decibels, and that's a decibel threshold that is equivalent to a jet engine taking off. Jeez, what was it again? So, uh, 126 decibels. Wow. Deep Purple had sound that reached 117 decibels before then, and three members of the audience fell unconscious. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, they were closer apparently to the stage than uh, some that's, others. That's interesting. Yes, well, yeah, how loud is enough? How loud is too loud? Yeah, well, that, obviously. Okay, I have another transportation question for you. Okay. How did the man who invented cash register motors help you start your car this morning? How did a fellow who invented cash... Cash register motors. Now, this is back in the time when cash registers were electromechanical, not electronic. So everything had a motor in it. Everything Uh had movement. So obviously some mechanism in the cash register is now inside your car. Charles F. Kettering, who invented the electric motors used in cash registers also invented the electric self-starting motors used in cars. Before that, cars had to be hand-cranked to get the motor to turn over. Those cranks could be very dangerous, and the inspiration for that was the death of a friend of one of the big automakers. Cadillac's boss, Henry Leland, had uh, lost a good friend who was killed while trying to crank an auto engine. So he gave Kettering a contract to supply 4,000 self-starters to Cadillac, and Cadillac had the first, again, like you said, uh, all of these features started out in very, very I primo cars. cars. Yeah. And the uh, the first self-starting engine was a Cadillac. And Charles F. Kettering, his company was uh, called the Dayton Engineering Laboratories, known as Delco. Mm-hmm. We know that yeah, name now. Yeah. And then he eventually became head of, uh, of one of the major automakers, Charles Kettering. Okay. All right, Bob. There's a guy named Elias. And he was a carpenter and a furniture maker. And he helped 
build the famous White City of Chicago's World Fair. Mm-hmm. This is my last World's Fair Chicago question. <laughs> I finished the book and I've moved on. <laughs> that was in 1893. Anyway, Elias was just tickled with the the whole process and the magicalness of the whole event and how it looked and his part in and he talked about it for years. Okay, so Bob, who was Elias? Elias. Elias Disney. Walt Disney. Walt wasn't there. This is his dad. His dad? Yes. His dad helped build the World's Fair in Chicago in 1893? He wasn't even born when he was building, but he never stopped talking about and talking to his family about it and telling stories about it. And his youngest son, Walt, was born afterwards, and one can't uh, but wonder... If uh, Disney World and Disneyland might have been inspired in some way from his father. Yeah. I had never thought of that. Yeah, especially the Magic Kingdom, right? And um, that's how his dad would talk about this place. We used the name Elias, and and you only hear about that every once in a while. And I knew that was Walt Disney's middle name. So that was his dad's name. Yeah, I didn't know that was his middle name. So you guessed that right. Jeez. Okay. Good for you, Bob. All right, Marcia. That's what I meant to say. Speaking of movies... These days, we associate the word blockbuster with a big Hollywood film, usually released in the summer, right? Uh-huh. Something that dominates the box office. But what did blockbuster originally mean? Well, it's, uh, oh, was it a lumberjack and he was the first one to break the wood uh, down the middle? No, it's more recent than that. It's a World War II term. Okay. I don't know. Oh, okay. (laughs) You're pausing like I'm going to erupt with the answer. I'm sorry, dear, but no. Blockbuster is a World War II term dating back to 1942. A blockbuster was an 8,000-pound bomb big enough to destroy a city block. And the early post-war years, that term migrated to boxing. When he became heavyweight champion in 1952, Rocky Marciano was known as the Brockton Blockbuster. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. okay. And then eventually the term migrated to the movies. Huh. So that's where it came from. Huh. It came from World War II and a bomb, a huge bomb, the Blockbuster. Oh, darn. Yeah, I, no. I had never heard of no. that. I just thought Blockbuster, it was a block of movies or a block of entertainment or it's a scheduling Im- block or something. Yeah, what Blockbusters, uh, of course. That's I never thought of that. Yeah. That's it for the off-ramp. Bob and Marcia Smith, we just want to remind everyone, if they'd like to join us on the web, they can come to our site at theofframp.show. Now back to Robert P. Rickman with more on OK Boomer. Okay, you know, one of the things that helps me uh, with my brain, my single brain cell, is that uh, when I listen to the off-ramp with Bob and Marcia, I start thinking, you know, what is a blockbuster? Now, I knew what it was uh, from Air Force ROTC years ago, but um, that helps me keep my brain going. What also helps this station keep going is um, pledge drives because this is a non-commercial broadcasting station. Now, WDBX offers diverse programming that includes, oh, uh, jazz, all sorts of local stuff. I mean, local radio programming that uh, you are not going to get anyplace else. Uh, For instance, um, you can get gospel, jazz, folk. Uh, You can also get uh, opera, which is something that is unusual, opera. And... um, Live local music, we've heard that uh, later on uh, in the day, and I heard that Friday. I walked past the uh, studio. I was thinking this was recorded. It wasn't. It was live, live music. And we have the local interest talk shows and so much more. So keep local community radio on the air with your pledge to WDBS.org or call 618-457-3691. That's 618 618- 
457-3691. And thanks for supporting Diversity and Community Radio. Okay, Boomer. Okay, that wraps up Okay, Boomer for today. I'm Robert Rickman. Sometimes I wonder, but uh, I can hear myself through the earphones, so I know uh, who I am. I'd like to thank uh, Bob and Marsha Smith, Roger Ramjet, Mark Miller, Becky Salazar, and Janice Paul. Up and coming on WDBX, we have R and Tree Song with a program called Your Community Spirit. And the spirit is right here. See you next time. And remember, folks, you always have choices.